There are several exits on this aircraft in the event of an emergency. At this time, please fasten your seatbelts as we are preparing for takeoff. And welcome aboard. Welcome to another episode of It's Just a Talk Podcast, our Spanglish, political, queer, Latinx, and shady podcast. My name is Mauricio. I'm your host. And it's just a talk where we talk a little tea, we talk a little truth. But you know, I always leave time to talk some shit. This is episode 35. And today's episode is being brought to you by Rollerblades. Like, specifically... The rollerblades that I used to have because they broke last night and injured the shit out of my foot. So I used to have these like old school rollerblades. They're hard at core. Six thousands inline aggressive skate is what they were called. They didn't have they don't have like um brakes on the back because they're supposed to be for like tricks and stuff. I bought them in like 2014, I want to say, at a Goodwill because I needed skates to go to work because I was taking the gold line. If you live in LA, you know what I'm talking about. Apparently, it's no longer the gold line. Pero I used to take the gold line to work and then rollerblade to my actual job. And so I needed rollerblades because it was cheaper than buying a whole ass bike. And rollerblades, I could just put in my backpack Anyways, ayer, you know, I pulled out my rollerblades, you know, since recently, because John and I have been rollerblading, because I bought him rollerblades for his birthday, and Thonces, he was like, oh, let's go rollerblading, and I was like, okay, my rollerblades are in my trunk, let me put them on, I haven't tried them on in years, the last time I used them was cuando fue a Los Angeles, like a week ago, Tell me why. I'm like rollerblading. I'm all confident. Fun fact. I actually learned how to rollerblade before I learned how to ride a bike. Just random as fuck. Entonces I was all confident y todo. You know, I was like, la, 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 la. Me tuve un video y todo en, en Instagram. Like, oh, fun fact. Tell me why. Like 15 minutes after taking that damn video, we're like rollerblading. The rollerblade, lo de abajo, like the wheel part, whatever's attached to the wheels, literally broke off. I kid you not. Like, go to my story. Hopefully, it's still up. Like, the bottom part, se, se zafó. And, and it flew off. So then, I have the little sock on, and then the rest of the blade, like, se quebró como en tres pedazos. So I, like, rolled and fell. Si alguien me miró, they must have had a good laugh. But I'm pretty sure I like really injured my foot because I haven't been able to walk today. So thank you so much, Etzcore 6000 Rollerblades. There was, there's a reason why they were at the Goodwill when I bought them years ago. So that's what today's episode is being brought to you by. All right, bye, y'all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So Mahinas, okay, today's episode is for you brought to by bye. Alright, well I hope you're ready, cause I'm ready. So let's get this party started, y'all.
All right, welcome to the first segment of the podcast, the first official segment. Like the sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our vidas. So uh, California has opened back up, y'all. I don't know where y'all are listening to, so I don't know if y'all closed, if y'all opened way too early like Texas did, still fuck Greg Abbott. Pero California opened last week, about a week ago, about a week ago. Se me hace que sí, el 15. El 15, no, mira, yo no sé matemáticas. I'm not a good mathematician, so I'm sorry. I might have gotten that date wrong. But, like, it felt like there was, like, no transition. Entonces, por eso, like, I've been, like, kind of, like, anxious, like, anxiety-ridden. Like, me siento como Katia. Like, do you feel anxiety-ridden? Entonces, I was like, okay, like, we're opening up. What does this mean? It meant, like, open 100%. Like, before COVID. Like, imagine the United States, February 2020. That's the way it feels like. And I was like, girl, I'm not ready for this. But I'm going to do a poll on my Instagram to see how y'all be feeling about this opening and to see if y'all have anxiety the way that I got anxiety, girl. Otra cosa que gave, didn't give us anxiety, it was the opposite of anxiety, but it did give Republicans anxiety, five of them, is that Juneteenth has become a federal national holiday this year. So Biden uh, gave Black people and the country Juneteenth. You know, people been asking for human rights. People be asking to reform the police. People be asking for voting rights. Don't take our voting rights away. But at least we got Juneteenth as a federal holiday. That's how I feel about this. Like, yes, it's cool enough. Pero al fin del día, who's really going to get the day off? It's going to be middle class and high class white people. And maybe middle class, high class people of color. Pero the blue collars workers who are the majority of people that need the day off aren't going to get Juneteenth off because most likely things are still going to be open unless you are lucky enough and you work at a federal government, which is going to be closed. Even my fucking organization did not take that day off. And uh, if you know where I work, that's a shame. That is a shame. I don't say where I work. You can go on my Instagram and find out where I work, on my Twitter. But it's a shame. Can we? Try? I, I was trying to convince my CEO why we should have this day off. And through the grapevine, escuché que esta mujer dijo que, ¿para qué me importa a mí? Ni, ni siquiera soy negro yo. ¿Para qué me importa tanto? I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that's racist, but that ain't right. Okay. You know, another thing that's not right is the amount of years that Derek Chauvin, Chauvin was sentenced to for killing George Floyd. Yes, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's getting 10 more years than what he should have gotten. He got 22.5 years in prison. But experts are saying that he'll probably end up serving anywhere between 10 to 12 years because he'll most likely be on good behavior. Um, he's going to be, like, isolated from the rest of the inmates because they're scared que lo van a matar porque, you know, the inmates know what the fuck is happening. Entonces, he only got 22.5 years. I don't know how I feel about it. Me siento como mi conflictado porque I already don't know how I feel about the prison system. That's a whole different story. That's like a whole question of the week. But I, I also don't know how I feel about the death penalty. 
I'm not sure about these things. I'm not sure, like, it's not fair that I'm paying for this man not to stay alive in a person for 22.5 years, most likely 12. Pero is is it's hard to swallow, you know? I don't know how how I feel about. Another thing that I don't feel about is the way that Nintendo made all of us wait two motherfucking years for another trailer of Breath of the Wild 2. Look, if you are a gamer like I am and you like Zelda, you have been waiting for Zelda trailer Breath of the Wild 2, okay? Entonces, they gave us kind of like what was happening and a lot of us have been expecting that hopefully it will be coming out now this year porque nos dieron el primer trailer hace dos años. Entonces, esta dice, maybe in el 2022, maybe it's scheduled to. We're hoping it comes out in 2022. Mira, no me hagas esto, Nintendo. Mira, me hiciste comprar un Switch muy caro en el Facebook porque I bought it a year ago when all the Switches were apparently like out of commission and people were selling it for hundreds more dollars on Facebook market. Yes, I bought one, probably a hundred dollars more expensive than I should have paid. Pero estaba aburrido aquí en la casa haciendo nada. So I was like, okay, voy a comprar esto. And then I bought Breath of the Wild 1. And then I've been waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 porque lo pasé como una semana. Okay? Another thing that I was waiting for months, almost a whole year, was the In the Heights movie que iba a salir y no salía. Y no salía, y no salía. And finally, they decided to release on HBO now. I will say, I was very happy that I got to see it twice. And the two times that I saw it, I got to see it in an amazing way. The first time I saw it, I saw it at the AT&T Stadium, which is that where that sucky team plays, the Giants. We don't like the Giants. I might live here, but I don't like your team. <laughs> I saw it there for Pride Month. Y la segunda vez la miré en la casa de mi best friend. Porque him and his partner had, like, this beautiful setup. Mira. It was embarrassing porque I thought it was going to be like in someone's living room and I was like, ooh, I hope me surprising him and not RSVPing is not going to be a big deal porque va a ser en la sala de alguien. Girl, I show up. It's this whole ass backyard. There's like this whole setup. There's a tent. There's, um, what's it called? Esa cosa que se pone como luz. Uh, what's the name? A projector, a projector screen, sillas, y benches, popcorn, y candy, todo. I was like, oh, okay, movie night just got an upgrade. I also saw the Disney's Luca movie. Let me know what y'all think about Disney's Luca. I'm not sure how I felt about it. It was cute. It's not my favorite Disney movie. I definitely think there was some queer undertones to it. Pero no, no sé cómo me siento. Another thing that came out, and if you are a Marvel geek like I am, you've been watching every Tuesday at midnight, cuando it gets released. And that also has some queer undertones, the new Loki show. Okay, yesterday's episode, I fell off the bed. Mainly because my foot is broken, or at least I think it's broken, but I fell off. Let's talk about the Loki show, Okay. Tell me what you think. DM me. And another people that another person that got DM'd into their uh, a stomach is Cardi B. Porque she just announced at the BT Awards that she prego, girl. Another baby is on the way. And you know what else is on the way? Our question of the week. I'll see you there.
and welcome to the next segment of the podcast, our question of the week. I promised y'all last episode that this would be the question of the week, but I have been researching this. I have been uh, watching videos about this, reading articles about this, and I it just felt boring for me to just sit here and tell you what it is. So I found this really great video on bots, and I'm just going to play you the video um, so you can listen to it, the, the audio part of it. Um, the video is called The Weird Rule That Broke American Politics, and you can definitely go watch it if you want and just skip over this. Um, but if you don't watch it, just listen. I'll give you the good parts. I'll go ahead and edit the podcast, this portion, so you hear the good parts of the video. Um, But basically, the question of the week this week is, what is the filibuster? And why has it been such a big deal in American politics in the last couple years, especially this year, where the Democrats really want to kill the filibuster or at least reform it because they can't push anything forward because the minority, a.k.a. the turtle, um, Mitch McConnell blocks everything using the filibuster. Entonces, I'm going to go ahead and have y'all listen to this video so that you can understand what the filibuster is. All right. These hundred people are the U.S. Senate. They pass laws. They vote, and when a majority says yes, it passes. But these days, the Senate doesn't do that very often. See, the Senate has this rule. It says before they vote, 60 people have to agree to have the vote. That means just 41 people, a minority, can entirely block a bill. This is called a filibuster. Early on, filibusters were rare, but in the last 50 years, they started to grow. And now, almost every big bill is filibustered. The U.S. Senate is broken, and the filibuster broke it. But the Senate didn't always have this role. In fact, it all kind of happened by accident. This is the Senate in 1805. It's much smaller than it is now, and the filibuster as we know it today doesn't exist yet. And before they vote on a bill, they debate. If they want to end debate and vote, they just need a majority to agree. But Vice President Aaron Burr thinks a high-minded place like the Senate should have as much debate as needed. So the Senate gets rid of the rule. Now senators can debate for as long as they want, and there's no way to stop them. This is the beginning of the Senate filibuster. At first, it isn't really a problem. Because the Senate is still pretty small, there's only so long a group of senators can physically talk. Eventually, they tire out, debate ends, and they get to a vote. But as the U.S. grows, so does the Senate, and they have more factions and more people to filibuster bills. They move to a bigger room, and now it's 1917. World War I is underway, but the U.S. isn't involved. Then President Woodrow Wilson asks Congress to authorize a broad military action. A group of senators don't want to give Wilson the power to enter the war, so they decide to debate until the session ends. Filibuster. Woodrow Wilson is mad, and he demands that they go back to the old Senate rules, that debate can be ended with a simple majority. The Senate doesn't want to do that, so instead they compromise. They change the rules so they can end debate with the approval of two-thirds of the Senate, so that if senators want to block a bill, they need a third to do it. This is basically the system we have today. A supermajority to agree to vote, then a simple majority to pass a law. And for a few decades, the filibuster is used, but pretty sparingly. 
Then in the 1950s, the Senate starts to consider civil rights legislation, and Southern senators really hate this. But they don't have the votes to actually defeat the bills, so they start using the filibuster to block bills. Here's South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond. He looks tired because he just filibustered the 1957 Civil Rights Act for more than 24 hours. These filibusters are painstaking, and they block the Senate from actually doing work. The majority leader at the time, Mike Mansfield, doesn't like this. He's okay with needing a supermajority to pass things. What he doesn't like are these long, pointless speeches. So he makes a change. He skips the debate and goes directly to a vote to see if there's a supermajority to end debate. This means if senators want to filibuster, they don't have to stand up and talk. They can just threaten to, as long as they have the numbers to block a supermajority vote. This makes it way easier to filibuster. And the number of filibusters grows. In the mid-70s, the Senate changes the threshold needed to filibuster. Now instead of 34 senators, you need 41, but it doesn't make much of a difference. And then around the 2000s, senators in the minority start to realize something. They can gain more politically by fighting than by cooperating. So they filibuster everything the other party wants to do. Now, almost every big bill is filibustered. Finally, in 2013, the Democratic majority makes a change to the rules that says the filibuster no longer applies to certain confirmation votes. In 2017, the Republican majority makes another similar change. Both times, it feels like a huge deal. But now, things are beginning to change. And that's why a new idea is now on the table. Would you urge the Senate Democratic leader to get rid of the filibuster? I think we have to have that on the table. To get rid of the filibuster. Get rid of the filibuster. Getting rid of an old tradition naturally feels radical. But here's one more story about the filibuster. The Senate is only one half of Congress. The other half, the House of Representatives, also used to have rules that allow the minority party to filibuster bills. Then, in 1888, Republicans won control of the House, but the filibuster rules kept them from actually passing anything. It was like the election and ultimately the will of the people didn't even matter. So, they got rid of it. And the reasoning was pretty simple. If the party that loses an election can block the winners from doing anything, what does it mean to be a democracy? All right, I hope y'all learned something about the filibuster, and this is why everybody's been talking about it. The big thing that I took from that is that the minority party, which is the Republican Party uh, during right now, at this point in time in our history, our history, doesn't want the Republican Party to do anything, to change anything. And the people of the United States have spoken that they want what the Democrats are offering. They want health care. They want Social Security. They want all these things. And the Republican Party doesn't know what to offer the American people that they would want, that is part of their agenda. So the only way they can the only thing they can do is actually block everything that the Democrats try to do. So that's what the filibuster is. Um, I would love to hear some of your opinions. Hit me up on Instagram, on Twitter. Let me know what you think about the filibuster. And with that, we're going to go to our next segment of the podcast, our POC and Queer Excellence of the Week. I'll see you there. Uh-huh. Yeah.
Welcome to the next episode of the podcast, our POC or Queer Excellence of the Week, or since the last episode. In this segment of the podcast, we shout out people that are queer, POC, that have just done something to really stand out. And someone who really stood out this past week was Little Nas X, who made a huge statement during the BET Awards by making out with one of his dancers, one of his male dancers, okay? Mira, a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of conservatives are like, Oh, Dios mío, I can't believe they showed that on TV. Two men kissing. Que asco. But I was like, uh, do y'all not remember when I was a kid? I was, to, I was forced to watch Madonna, Britney, and Christina kiss. And I like that. I mean, sure, like women and women action representation, but none of them are bi or gay. They were just doing it for, like, a stunt. Entonces, Little Nonsense was doing it for a real reason. He liked his dancer, you know? So let him kiss his dancer. Another people who loves someone of the same gender at the BT Awards and thanked their love, Ebony, was Queen Latifah for the motherfucking longest We've been, if you're queer, you've been knowing Queen Latifah is part of the family. You just know. You just know. No más que tú sabes que Queen Latifah nunca dice nada. You know, se, se queda bien calladita. She keeps it to herself. You know, like the faceless profiles on Grindr, they're discreet. Pero during BET Awards, she said, thank you so much to my love, Ebony. And unless... Some man is called Ebony. I'm pretty sure she's talking about her wife, her partner, her girlfriend, her boo thing, her hyena. You know. You know what I mean. Another person that I want to shout out is Shikari Richardson, who at the Olympic trials went ahead and just did that shit, okay? She did the Olympic trials for track and field, and she had her nice hair, her long-ass nails. She she was just herself running. She identifies as a queer woman, and she won her race, qualifying her to the Olympics. And those, everybody was, like, shouting her out, like, that's right, queer representation, real black women, this is how they look. Y toda la cosa. I just like her because, you know, I liked her attitude. When she looked at the fucking screen, she was like, and what? And what? I was like, oh, I like her. I want to hang out with her. I want to go to the bar with her and wait for somebody to say something homophobic or racist because Shakari Richardson's going to... She's going to scratch her eye out with esas uñas, okay? Another person, I want to shout him out, but a very light shout out. Like, okay, I see you. Y es todo. Porque a couple things have come out about this person that are problematic. He's a Trump Republican. Like, all these problematic things que ha salido. But, like, it's still a big deal. Like, Carl Sib from the... Oakland Raiders. Yes, I said Oakland. I know they're in Vegas now, but they will forever be in Oakland. Actually, TBH, they were in LA before they were even in Oakland. So, he's a current active player in the Raiders, and he's become now the first gay active NFL player always, everywhere. So, I see you. Esto lo que voy a decir porque you problematic, okay? 
And also, I want to shout out Laurel Hubbard, that who's going to become the first trans athlete to compete in the Olympics in weightlifting from the Netherlands, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So Laurel Hubbard is definitely making his history up in these Olympics, okay? Another person do making his history in their own platform is Miss Cataluna Enriquez, who just won Miss Nevada, becoming the first trans woman to win Miss Nevada, the Miss Nevada pageant, and now will become the very first trans woman to compete to the Miss on the Miss USA pageant nationally. So keep your eye out for Miss Cataluna Enriquez. I foresee some badass things coming from these people. And with that, I'm going to go to our next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country. I'll see you there. Welcome to the next segment of our podcast, our Today in the Country segment, where we talk about things that are happening in este, in este país, los Estados Unidos. Sometimes we don't feel like we're that, you know, unidos. I'm just going to put that out there. The United States, girl, we don't feel that united. We People be hating up in here. I go to a different state and people be looking at me weird. I went, I think I told you I went to Portland for my birthday. People be looking at me weird in Portland. And I'm like, so y'all going to have all these Black Lives Matter signs, but not have any black people? Okay. I see you. Te miro. <laughs> But anyways, today in the country, the first thing we're going to talk about is the WHO. So I know the WHO is actually the World Health Organization, but the wealth, the the World Health Organization is actually warning the United States to tell its citizens that even if you're double vaccinated or fully vaccinated, that they recommend to still wear a mask because the Delta variant, which is ravaging to most of the world right now, and it's now seen in a couple places in the country, is so contagious that even people who are double bats can catch it, get sick, and it and it potentially pass it to people that are not vaccinated. And all I gotta say is there's a reason why I still keep my mask on, okay? Look, I was a little brave, and I was like, it's pride. So, otro fin de semana, last weekend, I went to Dolores Park, which those of you who do not know who Dolores Park or have never been to the Bay Area, Dolores Park is like the beach for San Francisco. Like, San Fr- la, las, las playas, the beaches in San Francisco are cold, okay? Some super frias, like, I need a, a parka to go to the beach here. Entonces... People go to Dolores Park because it's like in the middle of San Francisco. It's warmer than like most places in San Francisco for some weird reason. People go, white people go tan there. I don't know how I feel about that. Pero I love Dolores Park, okay? So before COVID, we would go there all the time. Ahora que pasó COVID, I hardly go. And when I do, I make sure that I'm like not around people, that I'm wearing my mask whenever I'm not with my friends or like my immediate bubble. Entonces, I was like, oh, it's Pride Weekend. Like, let's go to Dolores Park. When I tell you, I felt like that kid in Mean Girls. Because, uh, you know, that kid, cuando todas girls start fighting and he calls his mom and he's like, mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. That's exactly how I felt. Because Dolores Park was ridiculously packed. 
I was freaking out. Like, mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. <laughs> we stayed there for a little bit, had my mask on the majority of the time because people don't know what, you know, a bubble is anymore. And then afterwards, the guys convinced me to go to this, like, Club Poppy event. Club Poppy, for those who don't know, it's like a gay Latino party. They're basically like a, I don't know if I want to call them a company. They're like promoters. They promote this party called Club Poppy all over the country in Mexico. Um, it's like gay Latino party for the majority of it. So they had like their very first event of the year, Pride Weekend, and the guys were like, "Oh, come on, there, let's go!" It's at this place. It's like a it's like a huge warehouse. So like, it's probably not gonna get that packed. So I was like, "Okay, where I eat?" I kept my mask on the whole entire time, me and John, and the guys were like, "Oh, come on, you're vaccinated. Quítate la máscara," and I was like, ah, "No." Because I ain't that trusting of people. People be nasty, okay? If I'm not, I'm gonna keep my mask on, not just because of COVID, but because I was happy to not get a cold last year. I did not get one cold, one flu, one fever, nada. What I had one life to live for sure. But I was like, okay, no, I'm gonna keep it on. And now that the Who is saying that we should, I was like, Who? I'm gonna listen to who, okay? So if y'all see me out in the street, I'm gonna have my mask on, okay? Porque according to statistics, only 47% of U.S. people, or people that live in the U.S., have actually received their COVID vaccine, which is not high, y'all. That's not high at all. Because in order to reach um, herd immunity, you need at least 70% of people to be fully vaccinated. And we're only at 47 Joe Biden said that by the 4th of July weekend, we are going to be at 70%. Mira, that's not happening. All these lotteries and everything that y'all be doing ain't working. Porque esta gente, the Trump people and the conspiracy people and toda esta gente que no cree, a lot of y'all too, okay? If you listening, a lot of you too, okay? I know y'all. Some of y'all are these conspiracy people who don't believe in science. And I'm over here like, what? What? Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you believe Facebook or an Instagram post with no, like, substance, no real resources? I mean, not resources. What is it? Like, no real bibliography. You believe that better than science? And what I keep hearing is a lot of people saying, well, I just don't know how they did a vaccine in such a short time. You know, this disease is only new. And why don't they have a vaccine for for HIV or for AIDS. And I'm like, have you talked to somebody who has HIV? Because they, they they do have a vaccine. They do have... Do you know anyone who's gay? Do you know people take PrEP, right? PrEP is a medicine that gays take every day so that they don't get HIV. Like, they take it almost like birth control, okay? And then people who do have HIV, there's... Medicine is so advanced now that you can get one shot a month and to stay undetectable. Undetectable means that the virus is so low in your body that it doesn't show up in a test and you cannot pass it on to somebody. Like, let's say if I had it and I was undetectable and I had unprotected sex with somebody, I would not be able to pass it on to somebody else. Porque my, like, it's not even detected. 
hands undetectable. <laughs> and so when anyway, people are using that, people have been using that, I guess, analogy to why is there a COVID vaccine? And the last thing I, the other thing that I always tell people is like, there's a reason why this is called COVID-19 because there's been, this disease has been in the world for years. There was a COVID, a COVID-2, COVID-3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And the reason why there's not many COVIDs is because the strand of this disease or this virus is very similar. COVID-19, I mean, yeah, because there was a 17, 18, 2, is very similar to the rest of the COVIDs. So the scientists already had all this data on COVID-1 through 18. So when they got the virus of COVID-19, it was easier for them to use the data that they already had for COVID-1 through 18 to be able to create a vaccine They would fight COVID-19. Now, another thing that people have been saying is, well, it's not 100%. Why even take it? Baby girl. There is no vaccine out there that is 100%. Not even a condom or your birth control is 100%. But what it will do, it will prevent you from ending up in a hospital, packing hospitals, having other people die of non-COVID-related deaths because all the hospital beds are full. And it will prevent you from dying, baby girl. Okay? Look, I went on a whole ass tangent and I didn't even talk about these heat waves that are happening all over the West Coast. And it's making climate change inevitable because I think Oregon and Seattle and all these cities and states that are usually not as hot have reached like 150 degrees, not 150, like 100 degrees and stuff. 150 would be a lot, girl. That's like we're going to cook up in this bitch. (laughs) Pero... Another thing that also happened in Miami, my prayers go to Miami. There was a huge building that collapsed out of nowhere. It was a a lot of people are saying that because the governor of, you know, Miami or the area or like the mayor, whatever it is, is like corrupt. A lot of these buildings had been paid money to be able to pass the code enforcement. Even if they weren't like passing, they were paying money like under the table so they would get a passing grade. And so this building collapsed out of nowhere. There has been 12 confirmed dead and 150 people still missing in the rubble. So Mexico has sent Los Topos, which that's their nickname, which are the people that are trained to go into rubble and find any survivors. It happened more than a week ago, about a week ago now. So they're saying if there's any survivors, it would be a miracle. But at this point, they're probably just looking for bodies. So prayers go to all their families. And with that, we're going to go to our next segment of the podcast, Hoy en el Mundo. I'll see you there, y'all. All right, welcome back to the next segment of the podcast, our Today in the Country segment, where we talk about things that are happening in the country because the world does not revolve around 
the United States, okay? Y'all like to think so, but I don't know, okay? So today we're going to talk about the Ethiopian Tigray conflict that is evolving and continuing. I want to let, let you know a little bit about what it is. So in Ethiopia, tensions between the Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed's government and Abiy's Ababa and leaders from the country's northern Tigray region entered a new phase this week as rebels seized the city of Mekele, a regional the regional capital, and government forces fled. The Ethiopian troops and their Eritrean allies had occupied the city for months following a wave of, a wave of conflict last November. But on Monday, Ethiopia's government announced it had called a unilateral ceasefire in the region. But it wasn't clear if Tigran forces would stop fighting. Entonces, what happened was Ethiopian leaders have portrayed their ceasefire as a culmination of its successful military operation, one of their spokespersons said, but the conflict in Tigray has cast a pall over Abai's presidency in the wake of his 2019 Nobel Peace Prize for domestic reform and for forging peace with neighboring Eritrea. So last November, as tensions with the regional Tigray government came to a head, Eritrean forces were reported to have crossed the border. In the ensuring crisis, rights groups reported massacres that left hundreds of people dead as tens of thousands fled as refugees to neighboring Sudan amid fears of a full-blown civil war. So the United Nations agencies said that this month that the conflict had contributed to conditions that saw more than 350,000 people in Tigray suffering famine conditions, while millions more were at risk. With internet blackouts and only limited access for foreign servers and reporters, news about the situation have been really limited. But in June or last week, international leaders condemned reports of an airstrike hitting a crowded market near the village of Togoga. Ooh, so how did this conflict start, you ask? So in early November of 2020, the president, Abi said Tigray, Tigrayans had attacked the national military base. He responded by sending troops to the region, which in government in, in which is governed by the TPLF, a political party that once held major influence across the country. In a televised broadcast days later, the president Abibi Abi Yes, Abi announced the Ethiopian military had bombed Tigray, destroying weaponry near the regional capital of Mekele. Several days later, hundreds of people may have been killed in a knife and machete attack in the town of Mykandra, according to the Amnesty International. It wasn't immediately clear who was responsible for what, but the group demanded both sides prioritize civilian safety and called on the government to restore communication with the region. Entonces, which was reportedly cut off in November. And last November, Targaryen forces fired missiles at targets in Eritrea, 
The conflict soon escalated where reports of not only fighting between Ethiopian forces and Tigray rebels, but also the arrival of Eritrean soldiers who had crossed the border to help the Ethiopian side. So this week, things really escalated as the Tigray leaders began to continue to attack Ethiopian uh, lands and in doing so, like shedding a, a shadow over the presidency. So that's what's happening in Ethiopia, yo. That's some deep shit that is happening around the world. Another thing that might turn into this is a lot of experts are saying that once the troops in Afghanistan, the U.S. troops retrieve and come back home, that Afghanistan is basically there's a civil war pending. That's what a lot of experts are saying because part of Afghan of people in Afghanistan believe in the old Afghanistan and part of the people in Afghanistan believe in this new order, new democracy Afghanistan. Entonces there's like a civil war brewing in between. Hopefully it doesn't happen. That's just what experts are saying, but we should keep our eye out for what happens in Afghanistan. And finally, world vaccination rates have showed that COVID is far from over. A lot of times we forget that just because a lot of people are here in the United States are being vaccinated, it does not mean that it's the same around the world. Studies show that some of the lowest vaccinated countries in the world are, are countries where there's people of color. So it would be Africa, Cuba, Belize, like um, a lot a lot of the Middle East is without vaccination. Some even have less than 1% of the population that is vaccinated. For example, the United States, about 325 million people are vaccinated. But if you look at Mexico, only 43 million are vaccinated. That is about 50% of the U.S., but only about 17% of Mexico is actually vaccinated. If you go down to Nicaragua, only 1% of Nicaragua is vaccinated. If you go down to a country in, let's say, Nigeria, for example, which was one of the countries we were just talking about, less than 1% are vaccinated. Then if we go to, let's say, New Guinea, there's less than 1%. It's 0.2% vaccination. Iran, it's only 3%. So even though here in the West, with Canada at 48%, the United States at 50%, it's being vaccinated. And of course, all the white countries like Germany, Spain, France, they all have high vaccination rates. That doesn't mean that the rest of the world is the same. Actually, the highest rate of vaccination as it comes to country is not the United States, as we would think. It's actually a country called Gibraltar. Gibraltar has the most percentage of people vaccinated. Then it's the Falkland Islands, Seychelles, then the UAE, Cayman Islands. The United States is not even in the list of most vaccinated. The UK is... But that's just to show you that just because the U.S. is being vaccinated doesn't mean the rest of the world is too. So keep in mind, COVID is far from over, y'all. All right, everybody. So I went ahead and gave y'all some tea. I gave you some truth. And baby girl, it's time for me to talk some shit. I'll see you there.
Hi, welcome to my favorite part of the podcast where we get to talk some shit. You know, people aren't perfect. And there's a lot of people in this country and around the world that do do some fucked up shit, okay? I also have been told that I cuss a lot during this section, so I'm going to try and keep the cussing down to a minimum for y'all. I apologize that I have been offending some of y'all, but I get real passionate when I'm talking shit about people. The first people we're going to talk about is the Coronado High School basketball team. Coronado Unified School District is in San Diego, California. They were playing the CIF, which is like their final game, basketball game, the boys team, against another school, which is predominantly Latino. When the Colorado High School boys team won, they decided to celebrate by throwing tortillas at the opposing team's benches. You heard that right. They threw tortillas. When asked if this was it had anything to do with the fact that the other school is predominantly Latino. They had the audacity to say that this had nothing to do with that. It is a tradition that Coronado High School has for years. Bullshit. There's no way. Your school is predominantly white in a richer area in San Diego. You're not going to sit here and tell me that your students did not bring tortillas because they were being racist as fuck. I'm sorry. We live in 2021. There is no room for like, that's not what we meant. Girl, think about it. Think twice before you do shit. If it seems problematic, it probably is. I'm just saying. Also, uh, Margaret Taylor Greene, I feel like I talk shit about this woman every single episode. Most recently, there was on the floor of the House of Representatives a bill to be able to fund um, medical programs for veterans. Part of those programs for veterans would include contraceptions for women veterans. Marguerite Taylor Greene, or MTG, as I should start calling her, um, Trump Jr., might as well be, she went on the floor and started saying that Plan B pills are abortion pills. That when women take Plan B, that they are killing their babies. Look, when I tell you that I heard that, and I had to re- I had to rewind it because I was like, wait, this woman is serious. This woman really doesn't know how pregnancies even work. She don't know that what? I was like, contraceptions are to avoid a pregnancy from happening, which is what plan B is. Plan B is not after a pregnancy, is to avoid the egg attaching from to the sperm. So basically, plan B makes the egg go back up, and so there's no so sperm has nothing to attach to. I was like, wow, this woman is really a pendeja. Like, she is say or is. I'm not sure. But I also have to remember that we're like number 50-something in the world in education, maybe even higher than that. So maybe we got to teach students better. You know, those those Southern belts, those Bible belts, um, 
states and cities that don't allow sex ed in their schools, this is the problem. This is why a Congress person doesn't know how Plan B works. Pendeja. Really? Also, I'm really tired of hearing the term critical race theory being used as a talking point by the Republicans slash the GOP as to why it's wrong to teach students history of this country. I'm sorry. It is what it is. This country is a racist country. We live in it. And just like James Baldwin said, I love this country so much that I deserve the right, reserve the right to criticize this country perpetually. And I will continue to do that because we're not a perfect country. And it's just like a part when you're dating somebody, I don't want to date the perfect partner. I want to date someone that I can grow with, that I can learn from, that they can grow. So I'm going to do the same shit to this country because this country has done some fucked up shit. And this country has shown its ass that it is a racist country with these racist systems of oppression that are in place in our country. So you're not going to sit here and tell me that critical race theory teaches people to hate America. No, baby girl. It teaches people the truth about America. And secondly, critical race theory is not a thing. Critical race theory is only taught in law schools for lawyers. It's not going to be taught to your five-year-old at Cerritos Elementary. I'm just saying. And then my last person I want to talk shit about is this Benmo. And all of y'all reposting this Benmo. I'm, you might win $500. You might win 100 200 You know, they use those words carefully, right? None of y'all are going to win anything. They're using social media to be able to mask the reality of what they're doing. Benmo is actually changing their policies to now every time that people use like phrases or emojis that are attached to a service that a small business can do or someone who is who like works for themselves. Like if I go to get my haircut and I Benmo my barber and I use the, the haircut emoji, they're going to charge me and my barber percentage because it's a service and they're using their personal Benmo, and they have not signed up for a business Benmo, which is expensive, especially for small businesses. So Benmo out here be fooling all of y'all, reposting their shit and saying that you might win some money, when in reality they were using that tactic to mask the fucked up shit that they be trying to do to small businesses. So Benmo, I'm going to go over to sell because I can just send somebody directly from my bank account. It don't fucking matter how I'm sending it. Okay? And with that, I'm going to move over to my boneless wings. I want to congratulate the U.S. women's gymnastics team, including Sunny Lee, which becomes the first Hmong person to compete for a U.S. gymnastics team. And it also includes the GOAT, Simone Biles. I'm excited to see the U.S. gymnastics team whenever it's the Olympics, gymnastics, swimming, diving, 
gays. You know why I like swimming and diving. And track are always been my favorite sports. So I'm forward to looking for those. Of course, soccer, because I'm Latino and I've been forced to, I've been conditioned to love soccer. But then finally, I just want to give my opinion on Wenberry. Wenberry is a athlete who competed and qualified for the Olympics in track and field. And during the anthem, she gave her back to the American flag, while the other two athletes that won the, it was like the top three. So the other two athletes had their hand over their heart, whatever. The other two athletes were white women. When Barry is a black woman. When I tell you, that the anthem does not mean the same to every person in this country. You need to understand that not every person in this country has had the same experience as you. There's people who had a different experience that I had, for the better or for the worse, and vice versa. There's people that, you know, have more privilege and are unwilling to accept that. And there's people who know that life is just harder for them because of who they are and the color of their skin. So when I tell you that I stand with Wen Barry for turning her back on this anthem for a country that has not served Black people right for the last thousands of years, I'm going to back this woman up. And for all you fucking GOP and Republicans who are saying that she needs to be taken out of her place, I'm sorry, honey, boo-boo. Let me see you do what she did on that track to earn that spot in the Olympic team. Just because she does not turn to the flag and put her hand over her heart does not mean that she's not proud of her family, her roots, her struggles in this same country that you are in. So, baby girl, go complain somewhere else. Wenberry, I'm backing you up 100%. And those are my final boneless wings. Thank you so much, y'all, for listening to episode 35 of It's Just a Talk, your Spanglish political queer Latinx and shady podcast, where we talk a little tea, we talk a little truth, but you know I always leave time to talk some shit. On behalf of me in this closet and everybody that listens, thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up. Be kind to others. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated. I'm your host, Mauricio, and I'm everything I am because the hood loved me. Bye, y'all. Soy yo.